Hello, everyone. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Do a repeat there. Blooper reels. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Persuasion by the Pint. I am Jonathan Taylor, along with Sean McCool. And today, Jonathan, we've got a special guest that will be joining us. Yes. To talk all things Super Bowl commercials from a different perspective than ours. Yeah. Like she actually studies this stuff for a living. So <laughs> we just watch it with a beer in hand. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to get a uh, professional, yeah. scholarly opinion on Absolutely. what went down last weekend, at least between the game segments. And so. I don't know if you called every one of them. I, I, we had some company over and it was kind of hit and miss some. I, I, yeah, it was to be expected people talking over some commercials and like, I don't yeah. know. but you, I, I was able to go back and look at some on uh, some of the clips after. So yeah, I picked my top five mm-hmm. as I was watching. Okay. Um, so I'm sure I missed some too, but yeah, as I was watching, I kind of picked the five that I thought were, that caught my attention. Yeah. Um, kept me interested and I actually can kind of remember what they were talking about. So we'll, we'll go through those five, yeah. my five later and see how they compare to everybody else's. But yeah, it was, it was good. Good game too, you know, mm, great game, especially for us. It was actually so. a fun game. Very close. Unlike a lot of the, uh, games in the past, it was, uh, yeah, this whole, close. this whole, um, playoff season for the NFL was Big. crazy tight. Yeah. I mean, like every game was walk-off play, so that was pretty cool to watch. I'm sure the NFL executives love that. That just uh, yeah. means more ratings for them. Yeah, I've seen several people <laughs> be like, that was the best NFL season ever in a long time. Yep. So they needed that for sure. That's right. So as, T- as Sean teased, our guest uh, joining us here shortly is uh, Veronica Thomas. She's an associate professor at Old Dominion University. Her expertise is in... The area of consumer psychology, and uh, her research focuses on the social influence in the context of consumer brand relationships and advertising. She's an associate editor for the International Journal of Advertising and sits on the editorial review board for the Journal of Advertising and Psychology and Marketing. So again, we're going to be discussing some takeaway lessons, uh, marketing from a marketing advertising standpoint from the commercials. Uh, for this year's Super Bowl. A little different from last year. Last year was kind of cringy. Um, this year, not so much. So, uh, But yeah. there was a unique flavor, a lot of celebrities, I think, in this one. Yeah, for sure. Well, I see our guest in the green room. I know we're about to crack open some brews. Yes. Uh, Veronica, I see you in the green room. Do you have a beverage that you brought? Yes or no? Thumbs up or thumbs down? <laughs> no beverage. Didn't. No beverage. No so we're going to do this. We'll do this quick. She brought some water. She did bring a water. So, um, so we'll do this real quick, Veronica, and then we'll bring you in. Yeah, absolutely. So we've already right. given you an introduction. Uh, we'll give you a double introduction when you come in. <laughs> All right, Sean. All right, so we're, this should be fast too, because we're both drinking the same thing again absolutely. this week. Yes. Thanks to our buddies over at Rivalry Brews. We're able to drink the same beer, even though we're in different parts of the world. So that's kind of cool. Yep. You can go to rivalrybrews.com and stock up on some good Midwestern craft beers. So I'm surprised you don't have the banner. Uh, I know. I, I, I got my hands full right now. So <laughs> we've got today the, oh man, the glare. Yep. 
the double wing brewing. Turn that light off for a second. There we go. Double wing brewing butter pecan porter. Yes. So if you love butter pecan ice cream, I think you'll love this. This seems like that would pair well. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how to think. I don't know what to think about this. Uh, Should be interesting. Well, it's, you know, we haven't had a lot of porters. We've, we've kind of either had stouts or stuff, but yes, it's got the nice light brown ish yep. color, you know, darker than an ale, but mm-hmm. still good. All right. So last time we, we wrote down our scores so that there was no, you know, anchoring or priming of each yep. other's score since we're drinking the same beer. Yep. So I've got my card ready. Okay. So, uh, so if the, uh, write mine down on the back of this, this brochure napkin from or some random company here. Okay. Some bill. <laughs> yeah. Credit card bill. Here we go. <laughs> I'll scratch the, uh, that balance out and write my number above it. There we go. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Mm. Okay. <laughs> mm. All right. Oops, got it. I'm changing. I'm changing my score as I. Wait, so I do have one scribble, but I'll keep my card up. Of paper. I, this is too busy for me right You now. can just you can just tell me because now I've got mine written, so oh, you okay. can go first. All right, I'm gonna go a. Uh, well, <laughs> you're about to flip it over. I'm yeah, gonna go. To I'm gonna go three nine. Um, it's not bad, but just not quite what I was expecting. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna not as sweet. Bit. It's a little, I don't like yeah. the aftertaste as much. Yeah. That's what got me. Yeah. Three, nine. So I gave it actually a lower score. I gave it a. Oh, wow. It tastes, more like it. Butter, it tastes more like butterscotch than yeah. butter pecan to I me. Agree. Like it's got yeah. this, so it kind of threw me off. It's more like eating a butterscotch candy, which is not awful. It's just not what I was expecting. No. Yeah. And I'm not a big fan of butterscotch candy. I'm not really yeah. a big fan of butter pecan maybe on certain occasions but uh, it's just yeah. a little too uh too sweet for me but yeah. not this this is not sweet i don't know no, what it's it not is. sweet yeah it's just a weird yeah just a weird flavor i think yeah. so all right veronica has suffered enough in the green room <laughs> i think we can bring her on with we can a, have her raider water huge right. round of applause <laughs> for our special guest veronica all right thanks Hi, for joining us Thanks Man. for having me. Yeah. Yeah. You look like you're still in the office today. I see a desk. I see a bookcase with no books. Are there any books on that bookcase? <laughs> you know, I thought to myself, I should probably like spruce up the background. <laughs> and then she, I didn't. Um, and now you're commenting on it. So that's not awkward at all. Yeah. Well, at least your gut was right. But you know what? When you, when you have a PhD, you can just say, you know what? I got to. I got it. You know, I've got a doctorate, so who cares what? Yeah. Don't have all the books are up here. There you go. All that knowledge. Point. Exactly. Well, you probably have access to a, you know, a full-blown library, right, on campus or? I have a really uh, great yeah. library that I have access to, but in reality, most of my things are all online. 
online at this point, right? Yeah. Like a lot of academic articles I'm reading. So um, I would say that at home, I actually do have books on bookshelves. I feel like now I need to justify or validate myself in some way, shape or form. Yeah, a person- very scholarly to have <laughs> an empty bookshelf, but you know, it could be an e-reader. <laughs> hopefully it's just like not me- like a metaphor for what's in my brain. Yeah. Emptiness. Hopefully not. Now yeah. does a, a research person like yourself, do you have a, a file cabinet with old, you know, torn out articles and, uh, uh, you probably don't do that. That's like, that's, we're dating ourselves there, Sean, by. <laughs> no. So I've moved now since I got my PhD, I think I've moved four times and every time I'm able to let like a little more go. Uh Um, And so prior to where I live now, I was my last uh, place of residency was DC. Mm -hmm. And so we had downsized considerably when I moved to DC. So a lot of things at that point, I just said, I haven't looked at this in 10 years, you know, and (sighs) filled up the recycling bin. So yeah, it's, it's amazing what, you know, 500 to a thousand dollars a square foot will force you to do right yes. when you're oh, moving great. into those, those expensive cities. Yeah. So, all right. So well, we want to, uh, well, I want to ask real questions because oh, yeah, a, a question real quick. So where in DC, did you live like in DC for, for school? I did. I lived in Capitol Hill. Okay. Wow. I was in the old guard up there uh, when I was in the military. So, okay. And then we what moved out to Reston. See? We were down, oh. I was on base down at Fort Myer. Okay. Yeah. So we love DC. It's a great town, but I haven't been back there in years. Can't afford to go back. It's just. <laughs> yeah. It's lovely, but expensive. That is- yeah. It's great to visit because every, there's a lot of free stuff to do. Yeah. It's just living there it is not be. one of the free things. Exactly. So. All right. All right. Sorry. I interrupted you. No, no. I was just going to give a, uh, just a, um, you know, we give a, gave an introduction. I want to mention uh, you have some uh, your research papers appear in the Journal of Consumer Psychology, Journal of Advertising. I didn't, I failed to mention this earlier. Journal of Public Policy and Marketing. Um, receive you, I, you get on, you get some uh, news media coverage from the from outlets like Market Watch, Forbes, Cosmopolitan, and your website is Veronica Thomas. Dot com. Is that right? Veronica, uh, Veronica L. Thomas, which is actually, there we go. that's the important part, that L. I mean, I think it's the important part. I don't know what happens if you go to veronicathomas.com, to be honest. So try that. It could be fun. <laughs> well, we'll make sure we have the L in there when we post on the show page. All so, right. Well, yeah. let's, let's talk some Super Bowl ads. Um, we're a week removed, you know, so they're starting to be in regular rotation. I've seen, you know, the, the, they spend all that money on the ads and then they go into regular rotation, but I've got my top five. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see kind of how everybody else here, their top five or their cup, their most, their favorites shake out. Um, and of course we'll have to talk about the one that's getting the most buzz, which I think is uh, Coinbase. Yes. By far getting the most buzz. That, that was what, that was one of my two fat. I had two favorites and that was one of my favorites. And the so other what, one was a nostalgia thing. So we'll talk about that. Okay. So. So yeah, so Veronica, let's let's yeah. let's, uh, let's you kind of open up with what did you notice as a professional and academic, and like what did you notice from your side of the of the desk, and then we'll be the dumb consumer on our side. 
<laughs> I, I highly doubt that either of you are the dumb <laughs> consumer or that consumers are dumb in general to yeah. all our consumers yes. out there. Um, <laughs> uh, so I really noted two things. One was the nostalgia aspect. And I think that hit hard for me because I was the age group. I mean, and there were so many, obviously the overarching, you know, halftime show, yeah. set that up to start oh, yeah. with and it just tied in so well but there were a lot of little subtle things that I thought were really important um you know there were the big nods like bringing back the e-trade babies or there mm-hmm. was Austin Powers um was one of the movies that was referenced Sopranos um but the the subtlety of pairing up actors who had previously been in shows together that were really relevant for me hit home. So, uh, planters had, uh, Ken Jong and Joel McHale from community. And I'm a huge community fan. So seeing that they didn't even have to reference community, but having the actors together, um, there was also the same with the actors from scrubs. So Donald Faison and Zach Braff were in a, um, ad together for T-Mobile, I believe. Um, and then, you know, the Coinbase one, everyone was saying, Oh, it's like pong. And I thought the office immediately, my mind, there's an episode of the office where they're waiting for it to like perfectly hit the corner. And I just thought of that. Um, so I think there was just a lot of, like I said, some subtle nods to nostalgia. Um, you saw the Lindsay Lohan and Dennis Rodman from, you know, the Jeopardy question, like who married themselves in 1996 and, uh, kind of poking fun and even referencing the aspect of no one calls my office phone. And of course, (laughs) (laughs) um, so yeah, they just, I, I really, I enjoyed that personally. I thought it was a lightness um, that I actually thought the Super Bowl ads overall were really great this year, like mm-hmm. uh, compared to past. But again, there were a lot of things that made it nice for me. Yeah, I agree. There was less like they didn't feel like everybody was trying to make a cultural statement or a political statement or something. Mm-hmm. It just felt like you said light and what what you would expect for a game. And not to be taken so, take yourself so seriously. Right. Um, I mean, you said nostalgia and then you said my age, not for you to give away your age necessarily, but like what bracket do you think this nostalgia was going after? Like years wise or. Sure. I think it was kind of hitting on people in their late thirties to kind of like late forties. And I think that came through, it mapped pretty perfectly with the halftime show. Yeah. Um, I, I do think that there's a lot of crossover, though, talking to my students now. You know, the office resonates with them. They're all watching Friends again. So yes. things that, you know, because of streaming services like Netflix that have allowed all of those oldies to come back, the, the students know those. So I think, you know, it still hits home yeah. with populations that are 20 22, 25, but I really think for those of us in our late 30s um, to late 40s, um, it hit home. And then, of course, since I'm only 22, it's because I watched Netflix. So that's exactly. why. Oh, okay. Right. Or be, it's because you're so in touch with your students too, right? So right. <laughs> you, have to keep, you have to keep up on trends and things. Yeah. I mean, even 
older. Um, you know, Dolly Parton was in oh yeah in there, which is a big. You know, that was one of my favorites. And then they did a nice job of picking piggybacking that with Miley Cyrus, so you could kind of get both kind of both generations there. Right. Um, but I thought Dolly Parton ad was really good. Mm-hmm. My top five, I'll just, and then we can kind of jump around, but I thought the E-Trade baby just for the nostalgia, you know, um, always good to see the E-Trade baby. Yeah. The Dolly Parton ad, um, even though I don't remember at the moment what exactly that was for, um, the Coinbase QR code, Uber Eats, I thought was really well done. Yeah. Cause it was super memorable and it really helped me distinguish like, Oh, they do more than food. Mm-hmm. Like, so I think it really made its point really well. And then, um, the hard cola loud flavors with Guy Fieri. I thought oh, was, that was good. I like that. I thought one. that was yeah. a pretty good one too. Was. Like it really, it was fantastical and, you know, yep. big looking like the super bowl should be. And, mm-hmm. and it kind of made me think, Oh yeah, I'd, I'd be willing to try that. Yeah. So yep. I thought that was a, Coming from one of the really big, because that was a Budweiser, right? Even though it was a hard cola, it was still a Bud product, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I was like, that's cool. Budweiser doing something different with their Super Bowl money. So I thought that was good. So um, we'll start with Jonathan. Jonathan, did you have those in your top five? Any of those? The Guy Fieri, I love that one. I think my favorite, just from a nostalgia standpoint, was the, I think it was the Chevrolet uh, with the Sopranos. Uh, and that goes back to nostalgia because, I mean, I yeah. love, you know, I used to watch that show. I mean, that show's what, 20, gosh, what, 20 years old now? I mean, I mean crazy. 15. I mean, it just, it doesn't seem possible, but it does kind of take you back, especially when it starts out with the music and uh, Meadow is driving the, um, yes. the Chevrolet and you're like, whoa, what's going on here? Because <laughs> I, the only time I've ever heard that music is on Sopranos. So uh, it does really take you back. But instantly I told everyone, I had a group of people over there. I was like, hold on, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> I want to hear this. Because <laughs> when I heard that music, it immediately caught my interest. So that was nostalgia right there in a nutshell. Is well, that's, a, that's a good sign of a commercial right there. If you ask your guests at the party to stop <laughs> exactly. hold on. so you can watch it, that's pretty good. Everybody stop that's talking. Let me turn the volume up. Um, but yeah, that really caught my eye, especially with Meadow. If you understand, if you understand the series. I don't know if either of you have ever watched the series, but where she's trying to, uh, where she's parallel parking it and there's yeah. a big, it, you know, plays into one of the, uh, I think it was a final episode in Sopranos. So, mm-hmm. uh, and then she's hugging her brother, AJ, you know, at the end, which is really cool. Well, and there's a Sopranos spinoff coming, right? His son. It's already out. Series? Is yeah. it already out? Yeah. Yep. Oh, well, uh, the movie is. I don't, movie out. I don't know about this. Yeah, I haven't heard about yeah. this. Yeah. I'm not sure about a is it, series. It's a prequel, but it's his out. son that plays him, right? Yeah. Is that what it is? It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. good. I, it has a lot of tiebacks to the series. Um, and so if you want. It's a, a younger uh, version of Tony Soprano. It's, right. it's the prequel back. It takes yeah, place it was, back in the 70s. Yeah. And it's played by his son, I think, is what. Yep. Exactly. I remember. So that's pretty cool. Yep. So how about you, Veronica? What were your top two or three? Um, so I would agree with most of what you folks said. Um, I also really liked Rocket Mortgage's Barbie one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I would add that, was that pretty good. to the list. It, yeah. yeah. I mean. Now that you now that you say that, I remember that one. Uh, yeah. Like Home Flipper, yep. Skipper, or yep. whatever the, the names of the other characters were. It was. Yeah. Um, 
cute. Also, again, kind of touching on that nostalgia aspect. Oh, I mean, it even had Castle Grey Skull in it for <laughs> He-Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, how could you not uh, love that aspect at the end when that was like their their only option, and they they you know go to Castle Grey Skull from He-Man. Yeah, a little so. fixer upper. Yeah, that was awesome. That was great. Yeah. Unexpected. So I, I, I agree with that. I did like the Austin Powers GM ones. Um, and something else we didn't touch on was Jim Carrey doing the, the cable guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, yeah was that was actually good. pretty good. Yeah. I forgot about yeah. that because he's kind of a dated, goes back to his his movie, The Cable Guy. And uh, he's dealing with the technology today. <laughs> so it's like, oh, man. And, then, and that is that same time frame. It's So maybe, Veronica, you know, like, how does that happen that all the, is there a theme put out by NBC that says, Hey, we want to try to hit this theme. Here's this, or they just show the Super Bowl. What's going to happen? Like the halftime show people tie into that. Like any insights on what kind of happens behind the scenes to create this overarching theme? Sure. So this is a hundred percent speculative on my part. Okay. Um, I definitely do not think that MB, like anyone's going to the creatives on this and saying, this is what you're going to do. And these are the themes we want for our commercials. I, there's complete creative freedom there. Um, I wouldn't be surprised though, if they are intentionally trying to, um, target some consumers that they know are going to, tune in because of who's in the halftime show. Yeah. Right. So, um, there's going, you know, most, a lot of America watches the Super Bowl, but to various extents on how much we actually pay attention. Right. So when your team's in, you're watching every minute. Um, if you just happen to love football, you're watching every minute, uh, for myself, since the Steelers were not playing, um, I was, you know, eating and going to the kitchen during the game, more or less, and then sitting down for the commercials. Uh, but they know who's going to like take it a little more seriously and, and at different points in time. So sure. I wouldn't doubt that knowing who was being, because they released the lineup for the halftime show, knowing that they probably said, you know, we do have a demographic that's going to be tuning in because they're are going to want to see some of their, you know, favorite musical artists from when they were young, sure. you know, reunite. And so there might've been some play into that. I, I don't know that it was necessarily the overarching goal for all of right. these uh, companies, but, or ad agencies, but I wouldn't doubt that there was some of that element. And of course we saw, you know, complete, opposite aspects of nostalgia, um, you know, getting away from that aspect. There was the whole, um, a lot of, not a lot, but a, a bit of storytelling, um, that went along with that. So like the Toyota had, uh, the brothers piece talking about the brother that had lost his eyesight. Um, mm. I don't know if you remember that ad. I thought oh, yeah, it was the really Olympic, good. Yeah. Yes. Olympic skiers, cross country skiers. Yes. And Which that, that was tying in because NBC has the Olympics this year. So that was a good tie in yeah. to, to that knowing that was basically, you know, the Olympics were coming on right after the Super Bowl. Right. And they were going to be promoting that during the Super Bowl as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, I, I don't think that again, it was dictated to them. Um, and it may not have been a conscious decision by all of the ad agencies, but I, I wouldn't doubt that they, you know, sitting around having some talks about what they wanted to present, 
you know, if they wanted to keep it light, then knowing who was going to be probably tuning in based on the halftime show, that some of that went into the decision making. Because for a lot of things, you could have switched out that the celebrities that they had, you know, the, the ad could have remained the same, but when it's like, well, who are we going to get in here to actually be the actors in this? Um, yeah. So that's part of it, I think. Okay. What do you think the, uh, from a nostalgia standpoint, because we've, we've talked about this before. Uh, I mean, why is that so powerful from a consumer behavior standpoint or, you know, from a, you know, consumer, I mean, why do they, does it just, is it just that it takes us back to maybe our earlier days or, you know, is there more to it than just uh, taking us back to a time where we, I think, you know, time sweetens memories. And we always think that, oh man, the good old days back then, you know, things weren't as complicated. (laughs) And so I don't know if that, that plays into our love of nostalgia I'm sure that has a lot to do with it, but just the fact that it is powerful. We see it in movies. You know, we, Sean and I talked about some of the, uh, some of the, uh, we're kind of the Marvel geeks where we talk about this, the latest Spider-Man movie that came out and, you know, bringing back some of the old characters from some of the previous, um, you know, Spider-Man, uh, franchises and, and that aspect of it created a lot of, uh, excitement. I mean, uh, you know, we go to the theaters, people are just screaming, you know, when some of these guys <laughs> popped up, you know, on the screen, you know, it's like, you know, but that takes them back to earlier days, you know, when they said, wow, this guy was much better. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So it, what's going on, Veronica, like scientifically, what's going on? Why do we like the nostalgia so much? Sure. So, well, one thing, the reasons, you know, one of the reasons marketers are doing it, like to the Spider-Man example is they're cashing in on that goodwill that they've built. Right. So you have all these positive memories and they're, they're cashing in on those memories and they're going to pull them out and say, Hey, remember how much you loved this. And then importantly, nostalgia has a really like large affective component. It's this emotional reaction. Mm -hmm. And we know that when people have positive emotions, which just like you said, we, we kind of remember things a little bit happier uh, and then maybe they were. (laughs) And when we have these positive feelings and, um, we tend to like things more. We associate those positive feelings with what we're viewing, right? So anytime that we can elicit a positive affect or reaction, we're going to ascribe that now, not just to the ad, but now to the brand as too, right? So it's not just like, oh, this is great. I love Austin Powers seeing Dr. Evil again. This is, you know, bringing me back. It's also now like, oh, look at what GM's doing. And whether you realize it or not, you're making that connection. You're building a positive connection to the brand. So that's what is going on there. And in a, in a really smart way, and because it's affective as opposed to more cognitive, we're not going to kind of counter argue as much, like kind of, you know, think, negative thoughts or think about the opposite point of view. Um, rather we're going to be focusing on our emotions. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're getting that little dopamine hit, so it's hard to have a negative emotion if you're getting that, you know, dopamine hit of good feelings, good memories, all that kind of stuff. That's interesting about the goodwill and cashing in on it. Um, and I know a lot of our listeners are like direct response people, you know, copywriters, you know, small entrepreneurs. So they're kind of big into the direct response world. And I always get, I always try to take the other side and like, 
big brand is not terrible. Like, you know, there's, they do a lot of things really well. And there's a reason they're multi-billion dollar companies because branding works. Um, and it just reminds me when you said goodwill, like I think most of the big companies have a line item on their financials called goodwill that has an actual value to it. And, and, you know, so cashing in on that is absolutely correct. Like the, there's a real value to the goodwill, you know, Coke is, I think got one of the biggest goodwill line items of anybody out there. So right. when you, when you buy a company, if you were to buy a company, um, you know, you're not paying for, just the physical assets and, you know, everything tangible, the cost would be much lower when that transaction occurs. You're paying for all the credibility and everything that is regarding that image of the brand, which is intangible. Um, but at the same time has a very high price tag associated with it, as you said. Absolutely. I mean, um, friend of mine who's, they're going around and buying up some of these nostalgic type brands that went out of business when the whole retail world ship Pier one, all these brands are getting kind of swallowed up into one holding company. And what they're finding is when they kind of rebrand them and take them online and make them into more of a drop shipping company, no retail outlets, their ad costs are super cheap because all that goodwill of the brand, like a Pier one has so much value still, even though the company went bankrupt, it still has so much value that they can run ads and people buy, even though it's, you're almost not buying Pier one, you're just buying the name. So yeah. uh, it's, it's interesting to see that. Let's talk about what did not work on <laughs> Super Bowl ads. What was a flop? I mean, I don't even, rem- it's funny cause I've kind of pushed those out of my mind. I don't even remember. I couldn't even describe like the worst ads. I either tuned them out or just forgotten about them, but yeah. do you guys have a worst uh, yeah. the ones that I don't remember, like you said. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting just in and of itself. I thought the, uh, Amazon, what is it? The Alexa where they're, uh, reading your mind. I mean, at first that was kind of, I thought, well, that's pretty cool. And then it got kind of weird. Creepy. So, yeah. <laughs> Hit a little too close to home. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. My worst actually, I think kind of aligns with that. It was the meta. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if you recall, it was the, the characters, like the large dog and pink thing, Mm -hmm. um, that were in a band together and they ended up getting split up and then the dog's super sad and you follow the dog on his journey. He goes to like, yeah, yeah, um, like a a Goodwill kind of store. And then he finally gets placed in a museum and someone puts the meta glasses on him and he's able to reunite with his. Oh yeah. I remember that now. I think, yeah, it was like the old Chuck E. Cheese stage character type animatronics type people. Yes. I, I did not enjoy that one. I think they were, trying to tell a story and they did. And the story they told was really depressing. <laughs> so a lot of, you know, like I said, there was some of this aspect of storytelling because it gets into this idea of what we call narrative transportation, where the consumer puts themselves in the position um, of the, the characters. Uh-huh. And when it's done well, it's really great because it goes back to that same aspect of being like emotional when you're following along. Um, 
And with the meta, they were definitely, I think, attempting to do that. It had the elements of a story, like an arc. Yeah. Like, uh, but then what was supposed to be a happy ending was just like, you're only reuniting if you're in this like virtual reality and you're still away from your friend. And I just thought, this is, this is not, this doesn't make me want to live in this world. Um, Yeah. And you have no legs. You have no legs. You just float around. It's weird. That was weird. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, kind of like Alexa. Like, I don't know that I want to live in that world. Um, Yeah. It's, it's it's interesting you say that because I remember seeing the beginning of the meta and I remember growing up like long time it wasn't a Chuck E. Cheese. I can't remember what they were called, but it was similar to that when they had the bear and like this whole band for the pizza places that we used to go. And so I was like, it hit me nostalgic, like right away. But then as it, like you said, as it went on, it got like depressing. Yeah. And I was like, that's no fun. You just fun. watched and, your childhood fall apart. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, man, take me back to this cool time. And then tell me it's never going to happen again. In fact, it's going to be, you know, less connected. It's like, yeah, like it was kind of weird. Again. Um, and the Alexa, I agree with that. So yeah, that's the Matthew. Uh, also I was going to, I was thinking, trying to think the, um, the Matthew, cause I couldn't remember what the commercial was for, uh, Matthew McConaughey, but it was Salesforce. Salesforce. Yeah. Uh, that was a little weird. Um, even my son was watching, we were all watching it. I think that one actually aired before the Super Bowl a couple times. Cause yeah. I'd, I'd seen that same thing and it was just like, mm. <laughs> The goal was really unclear. I yeah. thought for a lot, one, I think a lot of people don't know what Salesforce is. Right. Right. It did not provide clarity. Um, but then again, maybe if you don't know what Salesforce is to begin with, you're not really their market. But even then, um, aside from maybe getting in some jabs at other companies yeah. by saying, you know, we're not going to try to go to space and, right we're worried about the problems on earth. It, right. it wasn't really clear what the goal was. Absolutely. They didn't well, goes, no benefits of them. They were just taking jabs at meta and, and yeah. And that, and that else. goes to something we've talked about Jonathan on some shows and it's more powerful to be for something than against something. Absolutely. Yeah. In most cases. Yeah. So being against all these other things is not as powerful as being for right. whatever you're for. Right. And I think that's probably where that one didn't connect emotionally. Yep. In terms of, you mentioned one example of good um, storytelling uh, previously. Any others that stand out to you during the uh, Super Bowl that showed really, that had really good examples of, of good storytelling, you know, in terms of advertising? Yeah. So I think um, Kia had the robo dog. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I think that was another one where there was kind of this clear story arc. So the, the robo dog dog sees the Kia yeah. electric car yeah. and then it goes on an adventure yeah. to get, to, I mean, keep in mind we have 30 seconds, but it goes yeah. on an adventure to sure. get to the car right. and it falls out a window and then, you know, is that inevitably saved and looks longingly into the eyes of the, my wife loved that commercial. Yeah. I was thinking I could see my, my mom, for example, just, she's such a dog person. And I thought yes. this will resonate so much because she will feel for that dog. Um, she yeah. will, again, it goes to that narrative transportation idea where you're putting yourself in there. And so you're not, you're not counter arguing at all. Um, you are saying, you know, this is reality and how would I react? And Oh my gosh, like I'm, I'm, you know, caught up in this situation. Uh, that was a good one. Uh, Budweiser had one of their 
Clydesdale stories, which is very typical. Uh, They they often do something along those lines. And one that was actually funny. So I think some of the stories I mentioned, you know, Toyota, the Robocop, the Budweiser tend to be a little more touching. um, But one that had a story arc that was more funny um, was the BMW electric car with Selma Hayek, which I believe she may also have a married name now attached to that, but Selma Hayek and Arnold Schwarzenegger. So um, that had kind of, yeah, him feeling depressed and down and then he gets the BMW electric vehicle to, you know, tie a bow on things. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That was, that was interesting. Um, and I think I, on my notes, I had Squarespace is just like, okay. And I don't even remember what it was now. Cause I, I took these notes, like literally I had a, I had a best okay and bad category that I was just jotting on my phone as they came up. And, um, for some reason I just fell in the middle. So kind of flat. I don't remember. It was what early in the thing. So I don't remember. yeah, I don't either now. So, um, what can we take away Veronica from this and, and what can we apply to, you know, just our businesses, you know, we have a lot of freelancers, salespeople, entrepreneurs in our audience. So what are some things we can learn from this, you know, both what worked and what didn't and lessons that we could take away and apply to, to business and how society is responding to different things right now? Um, so a, a few things. One, if this is relevant to your small business, it looks like crypto is here to stay, whether that's a good thing or not. But that was definitely <laughs> a uh, takeaway for me. I think I was a little like Larry David in the commercials, which was the um, point you should not be like Larry David. And I was a little bit like so much crypto. In fact, my husband did the, um, was it Coinbase is the company yeah. that did yeah. the, the bouncing one. Yeah. And he, he was like, okay, I'll bite. And he did it. And then he goes, crypto. <laughs> Funny. I did the exact same thing. I pulled it up and I was like, Oh, crypto I'm out. Yep. So the bounce rate one. had to be huge on that. Uh, it crashed their site. I'm sure you, I'm sure you read that. Um, my one colleague has told me that now on social media, they are retargeting her with their ads. Uh, so they're now she's so seeing all the Coinbase ads. Yeah. Um, that is a takeaway for small businesses. Yeah. You know, if you can, get them in that way. And then, like I said, they're, they're retargeting her knowing that she, she did the, the QR code. Um, so aside from crypto being here to say, and the use of QR codes, I think right now that consumers are enjoying the, definitely the lightheartedness of these ads. I looked at USA Today's ad meter. So that, USA Today every year does an ad meter where consumers go in and and vote on the ones that they like. Uh, The Rocket Mortgage one with Barbie was actually the last time I looked, uh, because I think it's fluid, was highest. And I think that probably resonated for a lot of reasons, Um, but maybe too because of what we're currently facing in the economy and the reality of home prices in a lot of different places. Uh, The Amazon... Alexa one actually came in second as well. Uh, And so I think the, the celebrities are really popular. And now for someone who's a small business and says, I can't afford a celebrity endorser, uh, influencers were finding to be just as effective. And this year there was 
that I noticed at least two influencers, social media influencers, um, they were in the ad for a shopping app with the woman who the Rakuten was it Rakuten? Yes. Yes. And then in the years past, there were also some social media influencers as well. Uh, Interestingly, in years past, there were more social media influencers and that were um, aligned with a younger audience. Than, yeah. um, but I think research is showing that social media influencers can be just as effective, if not more effective than celebrity endorsers. And when you know who your audience is, uh, celebrities are great with the Super Bowl because you have such a wide range of individuals. So it's really yeah. good to have someone that's known. Right. Because, um, like I, I mentioned, there were influencers in that one ad. And if you didn't know they were influencers, you thought they were just, you know, actors in the background. Yeah. Um, so for something like the Super Bowl, celebrities are huge. But for a small business, if you have influencers that resonate with your target uh, mm-hmm. population, it can be a just as effective, if not a more effective way, because they seem more credible, authentic, sincere. Yeah. And then in terms of the the money that you're saving, you can be very targeted, right? So there are influencers who just focus on cycling. There are influencers who just focus on, you know, cooking. There are influencers who are just focusing on fashion. Um, Based on USA Today's ad meter ratings and what we saw companies putting out, my guess is that this desire for these kind of esteemed figures is still very relevant to consumers. They like to see someone um, endorsing a product, but I think an influencer is definitely a a much more cost-effective way. And honestly, probably a superior way for many small businesses um, to advertise. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. And I guess that makes sense on the, on a big stage like Super Bowl, which is, it's more a pop culture thing than it is a sports thing it really today. Is. No one watches I mean, Super Bowl to watch the game. They're, they're I mean, very few people do. I actually pulled a stat that said Super Bowl spending for food yes. and apparel and decorations, yeah, $14.6 billion this year. Wow. I mean, that's a lot of money for, for a three-hour event, you know? Um, so... That and it is an event. That, it's people start yeah. tuning in like hours before, you know, because yeah, I mean, it's, it, there's the pre, there's the pregame party and then there's all the events that lead up to that. So it is, it's an event. It's not just a game. Uh, yeah, I mean, so at this point, it's part of our culture. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. So I think that's a good takeaway, Veronica, that lightening up is probably it's time if you haven't, you know, cause Last year, you kind of wanted to be serious because we were in the middle of all this stuff and like, you know, you want to be sensitive to that. But I think people are now like, can we just get on with life and like, can we lighten up a little bit and have some fun? I know not everybody, but I think more and more people are trending that way. Sure. So, and we probably need that going into an election year too, because now it's going to, you know, we're going to have to deal with all that for the next Right. Eight months. All those, as all the ads that come. all the political ads that are about to <laughs> yeah, come out, exactly. especially the local and the yep. district and all that kind of stuff. Congressional, all that stuff's going to be it's going to be tough. I'll we'll have to get you back for that, Veronica. <laughs> I'm sure you've got some stuff to talk about. I'm in. Um, I also think it's important to note that, and because it's something that we all touched upon with the ads that like didn't really hit it for us, is that while you want to have fun and you want to entertain the audience at the same time, you know, making sure that there's a 
there's a connection to your brand mm-hmm. is so important. Um, you don't want to have the individual remember the ad and not the brand. I mean, at that point, you've just wasted so much time and energy and your resources on creating something that made someone laugh or made someone smile or made someone feel warm and fuzzy and they don't remember your brand at all because you didn't accurately link it um, to that story. Sure. And I would even say on the QR code and I actually pulled up a, let me share this real quick. Um, Pulled up a stat on this because I was doing some research. I'm curious of how many, uh, how many scans they got off of that? Do, do you know? Does they know? crashed the app. I know yeah, that. Okay. Well, that's so that's a lot then. I mean, <laughs> yeah. and that's probably the best. I mean, honestly, we can laugh, but it's the best evidence of. Oh, look at that. The um. So this is QR codes. I didn't realize they're 28 years old. Apparently, they've been <laughs> using them in China. It started with a car maker in China. Oh wow! 28 years ago, but you can see, like, for the first 10 years, there was like nothing or more than that. Uh, there's nothing going on. And then they spiked back in like 2015, you know, everybody thought QR codes were going to be the next thing and they kind of went away and now everybody's talking about them again. Right. Um, but apparently in China, they never went away. Like they use them for everything over in China, like all kinds of, they're on every billboard, they're all over the place. So I do think we've kind of had an on and off in the U S with QR codes. Well, I think they're Um, easier to use now because it used to be, uh, you, you had, had to have, to download, an app to you have, to have a it. separate app. Now you just use your camera on your right. phone. So it's a whole, a whole And the pandemic, I think, you know, if you went out to any restaurant, trained you how to use yeah. yep. because the menus were all on QR codes. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I think, I think that's really critical. And that's why you see the spike in 2020. And yeah. then also why it made sense for Coinbase to do that, because we now know that consumers understand how to use a QR code. Unlike before where people were just taking pictures and like, I don't understand why this isn't working. I'm taking a picture of it. And I was like, no, 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 you just scan and it's going to pop up. Um, We'll get there. Uh, So yeah, I think, you know, they were, they capitalized Mm -hmm. on that learned knowledge because of the restaurants that utilize this technology with COVID. And I will say from a direct response copywriter that, you know, I've, one of the things one of my copy chiefs told me a long time ago was like, you don't want to trick people into doing stuff either. And it felt a little like a trick. Yeah. Like if you're not into crypto and you get there, you're like, yeah, that was kind of a letdown, you know? So yeah. you got to be careful with that. I mean, obviously they, they got a ton of pixels and ton of, you know, hits to their site, but you don't know what percentage of those are actual people that you might want or whatever. So I think you have to be careful with that. Like if you're going to use something that curiosity driven, you know, that might've been better actually used for a a brand that was more universal. Sure. You know, like a rocket mortgage or somebody like that, in my opinion, you know, so you do have to be careful. You don't want to trick somebody. And I think it becomes even more problematic when they, are now using that to retarget you and you didn't want it in the first place. It's one thing. Um, It's annoying 
that you scanned it and then you go, Oh, crypto. Right. And I'm not interested. It's annoying and becomes much more annoying when you scan it and now they're retargeting and you're like, I really didn't want this. And now what if I do go to crypto, it's not going to be through your company. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so yes. Yeah. The unintended. See if they had, they could have gone to a landing page and said, Hey, are you interested in learning more about crypto? Mm -hmm. Yes. No. Yeah, absolutely. In education uh, yeah. platform, you know, to well, start then they with. could have segmented the list like, okay, here's all our yeses. Here's all our no. We'll forget about those people for a while. Save yeah. it. Right. Relaunch to them later or something like that. So yeah. they were on the right track with like being able to track the responses and all that kind of stuff. I just think it was a little too curiosity driven. Yeah. Um, but they were aware that like, you got to give people time for QR codes. Yeah. They got to pull out their phone, even though they're right by them, you know, they're talking, they're doing something else. You know, you need 10 seconds just for people to notice the screen is doing, not doing anything. Yeah. Like it's just bouncing. Right. Cause I think I got it like right at the end and I was kind of watching mm-hmm. and then I was debating with myself. Do I really want to scan that? <laughs> All right. Let's see where it goes. Is the curiosity. Curiosity. Yeah. I think if it hadn't have been the Super Bowl, though, yeah. I don't know that I would have clicked it, to be honest. Right. Yeah. But knowing that they, there's cool stuff behind Super Bowl ads, right. I was willing to take chance. Kind of reminded me of something GoDaddy would have done back in the day. Back in the day. That's what it just reminded me of. Go here. Of course, you just go to their website to see. Yeah. See the, the rest, rest of the commercial. The, yeah, the rest of the commercial. So, but it was that yeah. curiosity factor. So Exactly. I and getting know. someone to go somewhere, an actual <laughs> destination. It's just supposed to just remembering you. I, I don't know if you remember the um, Doritos did some ads before the Super Bowl. So they, they didn't actually, no, it wasn't Doritos. I apologize. It was Old Spice. I don't know how I confused Old Spice and Doritos, but um, it was. It happens Old- all the time. <laughs> I'm hungry. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, they had, they didn't advertise that year at all for the Super Bowl. And what they did is they had a commercial and in the commercial, a guy writes down his number and I was going to say he slides it to a woman, but I actually think his hair comes off and, and slides it to the woman. I, and, um, and it was leading up into the suit. It was leading up to the Super Bowl. And if you called that number, like the first people to call that number got tickets to the Super Bowl. And you just had to be clever enough to be like, and curious enough to say, you know, I wonder what this, you know, I wonder if anything will happen if I call this number and for some lucky people who were curious enough. And that's what I thought about as I watched that QR code. Sure. Um, Yeah. But then I realized, well, wait a minute, everyone is watching this. So everyone's going to scan it and (laughs) that can't be good. There's no, there's no surprise here. There's nothing good coming for me. You mentioned the phone number. It's, it's interesting. Like I remember the song that like changed phone numbers in pop culture. Like now all phone numbers, like five, 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 blah, blah, blah in movies or yeah, wherever yeah. else, you know, right. but what you remember the song, um, eight, six, seven, five, three, Oh nine. Of course. Yep. That, that song, like everybody was dialing that number in their, <laughs> in their area code. And they had to stop doing that kind of stuff because <laughs> it blew up somebody's phone. <laughs> yep. A lot of people's phones probably so. Um, so yeah, when you see something like that in a, in a show, especially if you don't even like, you can almost just make it an Easter egg. You don't have to be upfront about it because people will pause, they'll oh, yeah. rewind yeah. and then they'll call it. And I think that could even be more effective mm-hmm. if it's not the center. Like if there was a, 
a billboard behind somebody in a scene and you see a, a number, mm-hmm. stuff like that could be fun to, to play with, like Easter oh, sure. egg type stuff. Yep. Or a website, you know, that people yeah. can go to. Absolutely. Yeah. There was some, um, I can't remember what it was. It was Aflac or somebody had something where when you called their number and you pressed like seven, the duck started talking to you. <laughs> like, I can't remember which one it was, but like it was a regular customer service number. And if you sure. hit on the, the phone tree, yeah, seven, you got like this weird quack thing. It was kind of going around for a while. That was a while ago though. So I'm now looking behind Jonathan's head with his um, whiteboard and trying to determine if there's a secret message like written yes. back there. I, I like that. Sean was trying to lead us to subtly yes. saying that, but yeah, nobody's hitting on our site. Nobody's, yeah. Nobody's <laughs> clicking. So I got to get drop hints now. Can you see, um, I, speaking of which the believe banner, what do you know what that's from? I do. <laughs> I do. I don't, but I feel like I really should. Really? That's a big pop culture thing right now. <sighs> it's, Maybe a not sure. it's a popular Apple, Apple, T- Apple TV, Apple TV show. Uh, is that Ted Lasso? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I did. It took me a while to, it took me like three episodes to figure it out, but I finally like, wait a minute. That looks, but the familiar. people that know, know, you know, <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm going for. The people that really know. I feel right. very fortunate that I like just snuck that in there and got yeah. there. Or there there'd be go. a lot of judgment from you too after the yes, show. Absolutely. We'd be like, well, put her on the naughty list. <laughs> just delete this episode. <laughs> All right. Well, what else? Um, any last takeaways? We're, we're kind of hit, hitting our time. Jonathan, Veronica, any last takeaways? Mm. No, in terms of nostalgia and storytelling, I think we, you, you hit right on the money. Um, I think nostalgia, nostalgia is really powerful for me. And from, as you mentioned, Sean, from a direct uh, response standpoint, I think Coinbase could have done a better job but I think they had the right idea. You, I mean, yeah. the, the whole purpose, you know, ultimately, if you're going to be spending that kind of money, I think, you know, you really want people, you want some uh, return on your investment for people to go. And I think if you're a, a, maybe a smaller brand, if you're not on the size of a Budweiser or Coca-Cola, you've got to be thinking in the, in those terms of how can I get people, you know, whether it's using Easter eggs or, or you know, some kind of QR code or something like that to get them to at least respond uh, so that we've got, you know, some targeted customers that we can reach out to or, or prospects. Veronica, you had a, uh, uh Yes. I want to mention that there were, I believe four companies uh, that advertised for crypto and Mm -hmm. we have only talked about one. And I think good point as you know, um, a, a good or bad standpoint. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, we, I mean, we just talked a lot about them. I couldn't tell you the name of another crypto company, but I right. could tell you Coinbase. So that says something. Sure. Um, and at the end of the day, they'll ultimately determine if their investment was worth it based on the number of individuals that, you know, elect to use their company. Absolutely. So it, it, yep. was a, it was a big expenditure, but they are definitely getting a lot of press and talk time over it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it could have been a risk worth taking. And it sounds like even for consumers who maybe were a little bit 
annoyed like oh this is crypto they weren't planning on doing crypto anyways like yeah, they weren't right. planning on buying That's crypto right. so it's fine if you feel annoyed because you weren't going to do it anyways yeah, um yeah. and for the people who maybe were on the edge they saw hey here's crypto and i think there was a promotion tacked to that like there was yeah. so yeah they're like this is great right i'm so glad i did this and now i'm going with coinbase because i wanted to start you know getting into crypto absolutely yeah, and, they, and they had a timer on the countdown page they made it urgent to get the to get the coupon, the $15 credit or whatever it was. So that, you know, that was, yeah, scarcity, that was smart. Urgency, yeah. 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 That was smart. Love the appeal to scarcity, yeah. but and yes. then the, the FOMO aspect and yeah. Um, yeah. And it's, it'll be interesting to see if this, cause there's been a couple attempts in the past at like interactive commercials. So I wonder if this next year, like interactive becomes kind of this, the standard moving forward. It'll be interesting to see if this is that turning point. Or if it'll still take something else, right. you know, if we'll have to get have to get deeper into the metaverse or whatever for it to really be interactive commercials and things like that. But I know they yeah. tried it before, but this one seemed the easiest to interact with of any over the past five or ten years. So it'll be interesting to see if that's a turning point or not. Yeah, I think in the past, I mean, it really fizzled out where it mm. would be like to get the end of the story, go to our website, yeah. and. Yeah. Apparently people weren't going to the website because we don't really see those type of commercials anymore. Right. Yeah. But now that you can just, like you said, the camera loads and For it, people are lazy. They don't want to type in a yeah. web address anymore. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> and five, 10 years ago, not everybody had their phone next to them while they're watching yeah. TV. Now everybody does. Oh, sure. Yeah. Tablets, phones, like, you know, it's, it's almost becoming part of the, the TV watching experience. Like you're watching something, you're like, now how old is, how old is Denzel now? <laughs> Google it real quick. Oh my God, he's, <laughs> he's 70 years old or whatever. You know, it's like that kind of stuff is just, just happens all the time now. Sure. Where, yeah. where it's a, it's an auxiliary device for whatever you're watching. Yeah. Which says a lot about us as a society. Yeah. There's, <laughs> There's some interesting research out there that essentially says that our phone is the equivalent of an adult pacifier and that oh, for totally a lot of people without it, we become, I mean, there's really good research that shows the anxiety that not having your phone induces, even if you're in a completely unstressful situation, just knowing your room, your phone's in another room can, you know, people's heart rates go up and they like physically start to sweat and become anxious and, um, wow. Yeah, that is crazy. Is it that, is, but I think it's true for me. So yeah, yeah. I, I'd wonder how that varies with age and sex and age. As mm -hmm. far as um, I'd intentionally try to put mine in another room from time to time. I don't take it into restaurants with me. Although I've had to start doing that during you know during the QR menus. But I'm glad to see paper menus coming back yeah. in some places. Absolutely. Um, so plus my eyes are getting old. I'm I'm getting old. So. <laughs> You know, it's hard to like zoom and move over and all that stuff. So, all right. Well, Veronica, this has been fun. How yeah. can people learn more about you? Where do you want them to go? I think this is the. Oh yeah. You, there you put go. my website. That's lovely. Um, and you can look me up at uh, old dominion university as well. I have a faculty page for ODU that's where I'm a professor. And if you ever decide to come here, you can stop and say hello. All right. Good to know. So, and it's for those listening only, it's Veronica L Thomas. Yes. Dot com. And it's spelled pretty much how you would expect to spell that Veronica L Thomas.com. Yes. 
All right. All right, Jonathan, I'll let you uh, close us out. Veronica, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, look forward to getting this out. We'll, I'll be sending you a link once we have it published and uh, hope you have a great weekend. Thank you. I'm going to go home and enjoy um, not a pint, but maybe a glass of wine. There you go. All right. I'm glad that that was one of my questions. I forgot to ask if you, when you are away from the office, what do you, what is your beverage go-to of choice? So it is a wine. What, uh, is it a red wine, Merlot, Cabernet? Uh, so typically, oh, this is going to make me sound really, <laughs> okay. I'll just put it out there. Uh, I, you know, in the winter, I like a red, typically a South American red sure. um, wine. So something from South America, which tends to be Malbec. Yep. Uh, I don't tend to like California Pinots, which makes me very unpopular with a lot of individuals. Um, <laughs> in the summer, I enjoy a good white ri- white wine, typically mm-hmm. from Portugal or Spain. Very um, specific. I like it. Very. <laughs> I know what I like. Um, and then I do like cider. So I'm not overly uh, a beer person. I, I do like cider. My husband favorite brewing company is actually um main brewing company i don't know if you've had their beers yet no so yeah. i think they're near portland maine and okay. he's a he's a big fan of their beer but yeah. I'm, I'm more of a cider person good stuff by the way i love malbec i love uh yay yeah so well listen have a great uh, have a great weekend thank you so much for the time today and um look forward to uh, following up with you Yeah, this was great. Thanks so much, gentlemen. You have a lovely weekend. All right. You too. Take care. Bye-bye. That was fun. Good good stuff. Um, Yeah, a lot of good takeaways there on uh, Super Bowl. I keep coming back to – I keep thinking in terms of just the – uh, as we get older, Sean, <laughs> not dating ourselves. More and more stuff becomes nostalgic. (laughs) It's funny how that works. Yeah, it really does. Um, you know, those things that take us back, um, it's, it's so important. So, you know, take away, if you include any, anything like that from a, from a, uh, advertising copywriting perspective, uh, I think you're doing well if you can incorporate that, um, take people back to the, their, uh, I guess their glory years, right? The, the better yeah. times. Or at least what they think, think <laughs> were, you know, it's like the fifties are, are so nostalgic, but then there's also like everybody was scared of the atomic war, That's right. you know, yeah. like, you know, the seventies were disco and, but it was also yeah. gas lines and other stuff. Like it's yeah. funny how we, how we compartmentalize those things. So, yeah. and you can play into that, you know, yeah. you can play into both sides of that, uh, whenever the situation's right. Yeah. It's, it's funny that people, when they go back to the, like the period of the seventies and, you know, I, I read about the seventies. I mean, you and I were tiny youngsters, uh, during the seventies, but people talk about the, the good old seventies. And, you know, I think about, you know, I read about the seventies of double digit, uh, inflation, inflation interest yeah. rates that were, uh, double digit infl- interest rates. People yep. paying 14% <laughs> I'm like, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, to each their own. Right. I mean, so, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's, it's so crazy music. Uh, we'll be listening to music and how often do you come across or listen to something that you heard back in, uh, you know, you come across something from Chicago or some of those bands back from the eighties. You can literally put yourself where you were, you know, at the time that song, one of those songs came out, you know, at, at a point when you were in high school or wherever in, in middle school, it's just crazy well, it's, how that works. 
Yeah. And you're seeing a lot of the, the artists from the eighties and even the nineties, yep. you know, tying into the Super Bowl here, like, um, they're now starting to sell off the yep. rights to their music because it's now super valuable as nostalgia. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. all these advertisers want it and all this stuff. I think, um, you know, who was, um, several of the artists that made like the most money this year was because they sold off their entire, mm-hmm. you know, rights to their entire right. catalog. Right. Yep. So, you know, and that usually is because advertisers and movies and other things want that music. Yep. And they just assume buy it as to, you know, pay royalties on it. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All, all right. right. <laughs> well, well, to all of our listeners, you can find us over at persuasionbythepint.com. You can find us on all of your podcast platforms, Stitcher Radio, iHeart, Spotify. And uh, if you check us out, like what you hear, leave us five stars. We appreciate it. And um, Sean, we've got another episode coming up here. We'll be discussing yep. on our second episode today. Uh, coming up here soon a really an oldie but goodie in terms of marketing books it's a classic yes. classic yep From i've a, got it right here oh oh does sneak peek guys <laughs> tune in it was so fast though you didn't catch that uh, yeah. but yes it's it is a classic there's a lot of great takeaways from it and uh, we'll be sharing some of those on our upcoming episode so stay tuned and uh, sean we'll see you in the next one see you